Hey everybody, it's James Tiley with Johnny Fry and Johnny's Team Blockchain Newsletter. Another one has gone out. Can you believe it? And you know what that means? Another interview. Another show where we discuss what went out. And then afterwards, we, uh, we have a special guest from ClearBank. The guy's really cool. They're doing something that uh, I think we've been waiting for. And I think that they're just hinting to it. Johnny will show you how it all works. But uh, Johnny... Welcome back, Team Blockchain. We are back on the air. Another week in. Another week. Can't believe it. Yeah, welcome. Well, well as you say, it's uh, Digital Bytes, the weekly analysis looking at um, blockchain and digital assets and how, where and why they're being used in, in loads of different countries and in loads of different sectors. So it could be the health sector, it could be the finance sector, it could be the retail sector, petrochemicals. And what we're trying to do is, is just give examples to people of you know, how different industries are using the technology and digital assets. And as you say, this this week, really pleased, we've got a, a chap called Andrew Dells from ClearBank um, coming up after the break. Um, and he's going to be talking very much um, about the, the collaboration between some of these, um, you know, if I can be so bold, the, the, the sort of fintech upstarts, some of them worth now billions and billions, um, and the traditional banks. And um, it's certainly been a big, big challenge um, in many jurisdictions for um, if you're involved in sort of certainly if you're involved in crypto and you go along to your bank, very often the bank will say, sorry, not interested. Um, but um, ClearBank, you know, going to talk us a little bit about um, why they see the need for some of the traditional banks, you know, banks such as themselves to work with um, the new fintech companies and, and really try and take the best practices from, if you like, the digital fintech businesses and the traditional um, staid old sort of um, banks and um, system, because they realize we're becoming ever more digitized and we've got to try and incorporate that into sort of services. That's something which is going to affect, you know, not just financial services, but but kind of sort of right off the piste. Um, so, yeah, so that's that. That's it. coming up after the break. Um, but th- this week, one of the things we, we were looking at, and this was a little bit tongue in cheek, but thought we'd share it with you. It was looking at. Um, you know, how digital currencies could generate sort of billions of dollars in yen and, um, you know, sterling and Swiss francs and euros. And, um, you know, with COP26, the sort of um, climate change um, conference finishing last week in Glasgow in Scotland. And I think, you know, unless you've been sort of, you know, um, on the International Space Station, you cannot help have heard that, you know, the climate is warming up. Um, and people are concerned that, you know, the activities of man is, is melting icebergs. And, and, you know, it's 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 a worrying time if we don't do anything about it. And so kind of with that in mind, we were sort of playing with some numbers. And um, because of covid, um, a lot of people have been at home. And you've seen in America, James, a huge rise in popularity of, of sort of online equity dealing sites like Robin Hood. Well, here in the UK, um, the government, they reckon they're going to um, make an extra one and a half billion sterling. So a couple of billion dollars over last year and this year, an extra um, equity transaction tax. So when you buy um, you know, an equity here in the UK, you have to pay a purchase tax uh, about over half a percent. Um, and we were just thinking, well, what would, what, how much money could be generated if, if everyone in the world had to pay a half percent when they bought and sold um, a crypto? So we're only here just looking at the crypto market. Um, and looking at some statistics um, from, um, what was it? We used CoinGecko um, and we actually found that, um, you know, typically if you assume a turnover of about 300 billion a day, um, and to be honest, some of the stable coins are doing nearly a third of that just on their own. 
Um, it's a three trillion dollar industry yeah. right now. It's huge. It's huge. But if you multiply that daily transaction up by 365 days, because that's one of the big advantages of digital assets, they, they don't respect weekends. They trade 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Um, and then you just applied a half a percent transaction purchase tax. That would generate a staggering $600 billion per annum, which is a massive amount of money. Um, and I suspect most crypto traders wouldn't even notice it. Now, the challenge is going to be, how do you impose and how do you make sure that every single platform and exchange and all the rest of it actually do charge a half percent? But if they did, well, arguably, it would um, go a long way to helping um, you know, climate change where they're trying to raise 100 billion as a one off. This would be 600 billion every year. Um, and, and that kind of shows you that, you know, this sort of fairly niche um, sort of specialist area that people say is a bit geeky of sort of digital assets. Well, it's kind of coming of age um, and it is kind of going mainstream, you know, in your country, um, you know, America, biggest economy in the world. We saw I don't know if you saw I think it was yesterday it was announced Crypto.com have announced they're going to be sponsoring um, the Staples, one of your one of your big um, sporting venues. Um, yeah, they are the thanks. staple. So I believe the Staples Center is just becoming the Crypto.com Center. And, and where's the Staples Center at the moment? It's in, uh, it's in L.A., isn't it? It certainly is, down in Los Angeles. So, I'm an East Coaster. Yeah. Let me Google it to make yeah. sure we're not wrong. But I Staples is... where Jones Beach is. You know where Martha's Vineyard is as well, don't you? I know where Martha's Vineyard is. Yeah, L.A., Staples Center. Yeah. It will but now Staples... be called Crypto.com. But what was Staples? It was it was an office supply company, wasn't it? Right. That's where we got all our printer paper and yeah. stuff like but, that. But now we're all working from home and you've got people like Amazon that, that will deliver you computer paper. Oh, please don't yeah. tell me Staples is gone. Well, I don't know. Maybe, maybe they've been stapled. Oh, no. <laughs> I'm sure they haven't. But This is the problem think... with COVID and, and the pandemic. I don't know. Much like uh, I have the electric car now, I have no idea what gas prices are. It's completely oh, gone not, out of my brain. Tart, James. You're now going to tell me you haven't been to the, we call them petrol stations in the UK. You call them gas stations. Right, right. I bet you've not been to a gas station for a while. I have not. I don't know what the current price of gas is. I've completely put it out of my mind, <laughs> petroleum. And now if Staples shut down, and I didn't know it, I really need to get out of the house more. I'm sure Staples haven't shut down. But, but the point is, is that, there's not that many companies in the whole world that are able to stump up 700 million for a 20-year sponsorship, which is what Crypto.com have done. Um, as right, they... so now it's going to be like, I'm getting tickets to Aerosmith over at the Crypto.com center. Yep. That's a whole, that's some mass adoption right there. Well, that, it's, so we're, I kind of think we've reached that sort of tipping point. And, and what's also just going back to digital buys, if you look in this week's edition, um, we actually list out um, the 10 most used blockchains. So there's a whole load. We list out 10 right, blockchains right. And, and the companies that are using these. These are household names. Um, you know, people like Google, Microsoft, Novartis, Toyota, Honeywell, Oracle, Samsung, Walmart, you know, BNP, Visa, Coca-Cola, Nestle, you know, the McDonald's, Shell. These are companies all now engaged and using blockchain technology in various parts of their business. So it's, it's no longer this sort of niche, quirky technology. Um, and, you know, this is, this is why we write Digital Bytes. This is why we do the Digital Bytes show on CyberFM. You know, CyberFM, you know, it, it, you, you broadcast to 140 countries. You've got over four, 4.6 million listeners. And, 
you know, we're trying to say, let them know kind of the different things that are going on in different jurisdictions. We're not here as a tip sheet. We're not trying to recommend any investments. Um, we're simply saying, um, you know, uh, well, actually, we finished the article 600 billion tax man. Have we got your attention? And what we're trying to do is get you, the listener, your attention to say, look, you know, things are going on in the world where, you know, think the pace of change is, is very, very quick. And this is a way for sort of five minutes to dig in and have a look at some of the examples of things that are going on with, with things which when you initially hear of them, they really don't, they don't, you know, what do they mean? It's, you know, this thing called DeFi or NFTs or crypto or, you know, digital asset. I've got a digital equity or I've got a digital property. Um, and, and the metaverse, you know, all this stuff is initially it's all a bit a little bit un, a little bit unclear. But as you do a bit of digging, you realize how it can impact on your business, your company and, and, and society as a whole. It, say, it says right here that 44 percent of gamers have purchased or traded game related items on the blockchain. So wow. that's one industry alone where they're just like, yeah, what are you talking about? Of course, I I bought this for that. And they, I have a wallet. You know, come on, Grandpa, get it with the game. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, very, very much so. Um, and and you know, one of the other one of the other things that we we have been looking at um, in this week's edition is the is, is the infrastructure. Um, and what I mean by that is that it's historically been very very difficult for institutions. So the people that manage, um, you know, your your pension funds or your mutual funds, um, you know, some of the big asset managers and banks. Um, you know, have found it very difficult to get involved in this sector. And, and, and this is a bit of a theme because obviously we'll be listening um, to the interview with Clearbank after the break, who um, a UK based bank who, who basically saying we have to collaborate, as I've already said, with the fintech stuff. But in order for these institutions to get involved in this new space, um, you know, obviously, you know, they're reluctant for change that, that just, you know, by their very nature, they're regulated, they have to be careful, they have to be very responsible with your money. But the, one of the, some of the problems that they've had is that they didn't have regulated digital exchanges to actually buy and sell things. You know, when we talk about exchanges and people say, yeah, what about Coinbase? You know, the biggest exchange in the world. Well, are they exchange or are they just a platform? But one thing that they're not, they're not a regulated exchange, but that's beginning to change. Um, you know, we, we've talked about them before, but there's a company called Swarm Markets um, who operate a DeFi regulated exchange in Germany. Um, in Switzerland, we've got the sixth digital exchange, um, which is um, hopefully going to start trading before the end of um, 2021. Um, and in the UK, we've got a, an exchange called Anchor. Then the next thing we need is things like insurance and banking. And then you need products. So you actually need a product that you can um, sort of invest in. So we're beginning to see, um, you know, companies like Casey, which is an investment company, which just invests in crypto. So but that's quoted on an exchange or you're seeing um, exchange traded funds, ETFs. They're now being being launched. So all of this means that the the tools for institutions to be able to get involved in this area are coming through and we're seeing more and more examples um, of that actually happening. And that should then help institutions to get engaged in this sector. And as they get involved, they will insist on, you know, strong regulation, people being professionally insured, making sure they've got qualifications. You know, a lot of the things which originally those that got involved in cryptocurrencies, no, no, we don't want all that. But for the general public and for people looking after other people's money, they, they have to have some rules and regulations because otherwise they, they potentially lose their licenses. So it's going to be interesting to see the old and the new beginning to um, collaborate and, and mix and merge together to some extent. I tell you, if we, uh, 
And when I say we, if the major first world countries don't grab the lead on this, you're going to see a flipping occur, right? Where a country that you would never expect is going to come out of nowhere just owning this. With digital currencies, um, what's going on with, you know, El Salvador, Venezuela? Now they're talking about Zimbabwe. You you don't know. But, but James, just look at look at your look at your listenership. You know, your it's not a hundred percent USA. It's not a hundred percent necessarily English speaking nations. Um, you know, these are countries. You know, you've got very wide, extensive coverage right across Asia, right across Africa, and, and Nigeria and the Philippines are fantastic audiences for us. Yeah, amazing. And and but what both of those countries interesting both those countries share is a relatively young and certainly inquisitive citizens. Whereas, you know, in perhaps countries like, um, you know, countries that have an older population, maybe like Italy um, or Japan, two of the sort of slightly more extreme examples, where the population cells are, are aging. Those populations are perversely going to, you know, potentially, as things happen and they start having a lot more immigrants, you're going to see a declining population share in terms of the actual number of people because the birth rates in, in those countries where... You know, places like the Philippines and Nigeria, those populations are growing because they've got an expanding population. And by their very nature, um, the vast majority of the population is still relatively young, you know, i.e. under 30. And so and these people, you know, don't take my word for it, James, don't take your word for it. But go and talk to, you know, a a teenager and say, can you turn on my phone or can you sort of put you know check my computer for antivirus and it's incredible i don't know where they learn it but they seem it's almost innate they're very comfortable working with digital things yeah they just look up the uh if they don't have the answer they look up on tiktok how to do it yeah and there's someone out there so but but makes makes it makes it very very interesting so um so yeah but sorry james i'm I'm mindful we've we've got a we've got a our guest waiting um after the break um and uh you know we'll we'll be back obviously after the break and with with more information and talking about um the collaboration between you know an old traditional bank with the sort of new fintech sector but i don't know if you is there anything else you want to share before we go uh, my concern we have we have a lot going on in the united states we just passed a major crypto law the current president signed it monday yeah. i believe he signed it monday night which some argue the rumor is that's why we've Bitcoin has dropped back into the currently in the fifties and uh, all the other coins of you know they lost ten fifteen percent because of some tax fears kind of like what you alluded to look guys this is where it's going you want your half a percent you this is when you you solidify that now I think unfortunately uh, the U S decided they want forty eight percent something like that <laughs> which is normal if you're a trader. You know, you understand short-term versus long-term gains. My concern over here is the uh, 19-year-olds who bought a coin named after a dog uh, on their debit card, and they don't realize what capital gains or or what a 1099 tax form in the U.S. is. I, I just think they need to take that a little bit more seriously on the government side to protect the taxpayer. But we'll yeah. get there. We'll get there. No, you're right. You're right. Well, and obviously, well, next week you got a big, you got a big holiday coming up. You got your Thanksgiving next Thursday. That's right. So and then Black Friday, of course, major holiday. Yeah, major holiday. But hopefully, we'll be back. <laughs> Spend on the, all our crypto. Yeah, I'll be able to drag you. Hopefully, to do another recording of uh, the Digital Bike Show next Friday. I hope you're going to be fit and ready for that. And you've eaten all your vegan, vegan turkey or whatever. You, what do you got for Thanksgiving? Are you having turkey this year? 
we are having turkey. There was rumors of turkey supply shortages, but uh, <laughs> I went dead. all Walking Dead and made sure I got myself a turkey. We'll have uh, mashed potatoes. My wife makes a absolutely ridiculously flavorful green bean casserole. Wow! And it, I will not eat green beans of any sort throughout the year, but I could do it on Thanksgiving with this casserole. Wow. So if we're not careful on next Friday, you could be auditioning for Gone with the Wind then if you're eating too many green beans. Absolutely. And I'll be exhausted. And uh, you might hear me use the word football and it won't be about soccer. Or you might hear me say soccer and you're going to correct me and go, no, what the hell soccer? <laughs> okay. All right. Well, we'll be back after the break. And um, yeah, as, as ever, always, always good to have a chat, James. Hi, this is John Waite, and you're listening to Cyber.fm. Hey, it's James, back with Johnny, J-O-N-N-Y, Fry, over Digital Bytes, the team blockchain. We uh, have the newsletter that goes out, and uh, as you heard us discuss just earlier, Johnny has brought on Andrew Delves, who is with ClearBank, and uh, he was the guest, writer, guest article writer for the uh, newsletter that just went out. I've got my first day with my new tongue, so I'll let Johnny take it from here. <laughs> Blimey, James, that was quick. Did you pop down the pub between in the break and sort of get your tongue twisted or something? It's 10 a.m. somewhere. <laughs> okay. Well, um, yeah, well, welcome back, listeners. And delighted this week um, that Andrew Dells from um, Clearbank is joining us. And, and he's written a really interesting article um, called Banks and Digital Assets, from naysayers to pivotal partners. But before um, I hand you over to Andrew, um, I know Andrew is really far too shy and he's a, he's a, he's a very proper British banker. Um, and I'd just like to set the scene. I, I'm, I'm really pleased generally that ClearBank are on the wave stage because ClearBank is the first bank in 250 years, I, th- I think it's like that, Andrew, that's been granted clearing bank status. So that is a pretty big deal that a a, a relatively new bank in, in the last uh, few years has been granted such a status. And um, they're really here to help um, the, the, the burgeoning sort of fintech sector in the UK and, and Europe um, be able to sort of be embraced to a much greater extent. And um, I personally think we're going to see ClearBank playing a very, very strong role um, in the fintech sector, um, providing the infrastructure rails. And with particular reference, I think, for Digital assets, but without trying to steal your thunder, Andrew. W- welcome to the welcome to the show, and perhaps you can give our listeners just a bit of, a bit more sort of information about yourself and, and 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 ClearBank. Yeah, of course. Yeah, thanks, thanks, Johnny, thanks, James. Great to great to be here. Um, yeah, so my name's Andrew Dales. I'm I'm a senior relationship manager here at ClearBank. Um, I, I lead on our coverage of, of clients in the digital asset space. And yeah, Johnny, as you you alluded to. Um, ClearBank are the first um, institution to become a, a direct participant in all the UK payment schemes in over 250 years. So, um, yeah, we, we really uh, are looking to, to support fintechs and, and other regulated institutions, be they banks, building societies, payment platforms um, with, with real time payment execution, um, account solutions. Um, and uh, yeah, yeah, really, really excited to, to, to be here. Because Andrew, just on that, before we get into the article, um, we we get a lot of queries and you know people asking us things like, you know, is someone like Revolut, which um, allegedly was, is worth thirty billion, 
um, or Monzo or Tide or Sterling. These are payment platforms that they're, they're not actually authorized banks. Is, is that correct? That's right. And, and, and I think it's important to, to, uh, to, to make that definition here because ClearBank, we are an authorized bank. We're regulated and authorized by the, the PRA and the FCA. Um, and and as a result, we as a result of our our, our status, we we are a direct participant in all the UK payment schemes, so backs, chaps, faster payments, which enables us to give our regulated clients um, the on-off ramps, which uh, which ultimately benefits their uh, their end customer experience because of our, our real-time payment settlement execution um, and and information that that we provide to them. Brilliant. So so and I think that's also really important before people go googling and sort of searching and saying oh i'd like to open a bank account at clear bank you could only do that if you're reg- if you're a regulated entity which is, which is typically regulated by the fca um here in the uk um and you're very much providing the sort of back office infrastructure to help some of these regulated businesses um you know with their business as opposed to going direct to individual clients exactly exactly so so we we don't directly provide the, the retail solutions we uh, our, our clients um, manage manage that 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 directly, but we basically sit in the background, quietly providing the the, the payments infrastructure, which enables our customers to give their end clients real time payments solutions. Brilliant. Okay, now I'm I'm sorry for sort of labour the point, Erin, but the reason I wanted to make this really really clear is because um what what clear bank and what andrew's article really um talks about is that the the sort of collaboration that they see um being required um with those companies that are involved in sort of blockchain digital assets the, the fintech players and i think as you refer to them the the, the traditional gatekeepers the, the, the banks i companies like yourself so so what do you presumably you don't see this sort of digital assets um which covers a multitude of you know from DeFi, NFT, cryptos, but also digitally wrapped equities, bonds, commodities, i.e. the whole gambit. Presumably you, you don't see this as just a flash in the pan. It's something which is likely to, to be around for a little while then. Yeah, and, and I think I think you would you would uh would endorse this, Johnny. But yeah, no, very much. I think we've all we've all seen in, in, in 2021 the, the 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 spike in in awareness and um I guess general engagement with and participation in 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 digital assets, both at a at individual at a, at a retail level, but also at the institutional level. And I think, um, as the article alludes to, I think there's there's shifting demographics. Um, investors now constitute a broader split among genders um, across different age groups and and, and indeed geographies and. In parallel to that, at a, at a corporate level, at an institutional level, there's been a, a whole load of activity which has, has generated more interest from the from the Coinbase IPO through to uh, Mr. Musk's uh, regular interventions on on Twitter, and, and I think this is <laughs> this has just generated more headlines and, and more interest and, and contributed to to increased participation and and um, you know it, it, it's it's our view that, that the technologies that that underpin this. This, uh, you know, the, the decentralized um, digital uh, solutions. We, we don't, we don't see them them going away. And, and I guess the what the article is that we wrote is is trying to um, look at is, is is how banks and participants, direct participants in the digital asset space, um, can can work together to to, to build 
solutions that that um that support both the the, the fiat component as well as the, the crypto component okay so but before we get into that a little bit more i was, I was really interested um you've pointed out um the the percentage of people in nigeria i think i think it was 32 percent that own or use a cryptocurrency and the reason i just thought that was worth highlighting um is um actually cyber.fm which now goes out to over 4.6 million um listeners all over the world and nigeria is one of the biggest countries that listen in to the radio show each week so um, clearly, once again, showing the, the importance of that particular West, well, the biggest economy in, in, in Africa and very young, expanding population. And um, we were talking on a previous show recently about um, the Inara, um, which was uh, an interesting um, development that we've seen on a digital currency. But um, just so, so looking at the challenges of adopting digital assets, um, it, it's it's been quite difficult. You know, it's it's actually very, very hard if you're not regulated to actually open a bank account in many different jurisdictions. Why, why do you think that is? Um, and, and what are Clearbank able to try and do a little bit about that for the regulated businesses? Yeah, so I, I think, um, first of all, it, it, it's, it, I guess, as, as a bit of context, and we, we've touched upon this before, so Clearbank, we, um, as an institution, we can, can provide our, our real-time payment solutions uh, all, all driven by our api technology to regulated um to regulated firms and i think what what we um what we have observed is really um payment platforms have uh are really i guess reflecting the the convergence of the of the fiat and the, and, and the crypto spaces so in, enabling payments peer-to-peer payments fiat payments um providing a crypto exchange, providing uh, traditional investments all, all under all under one roof. And to to um, I guess a, a challenge that the, the, the platforms have, you've got some you know some Silicon Valley um, giants in the space, but you've got lots of lots of other innovators and, and, and newcomers to the space is, is how do how do they differentiate themselves from from their competition? How do they get the end consumer comfortable with um, with with dabbling with dabbling in crypto? How do they get the, the the crypto curious onto onto their platforms? And we believe that um, taking steps towards towards regulation is a is a significant part of part of that journey. It, it, first of all, it it gives the end user. Um, confidence and, and and comfort in the in the the controls and the 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 processes the the mechanisms that the um the provider has in place and it, and it also for the for the platform themselves then opens the door to um to a provider like clearbank a banking provider who's able to provide the market leading technology market leading payment solutions which enable their end customer again to benefit from from real time settlement as they as they look to get fiat onto their onto their e wallet and essentially bring monetary value into the into the the crypto ecosystem. Okay, so so is, that, so is that what you'd say the clients sort of that are in the digital asset space? That's what they're looking for in a banking provider such as yourself. That sort of um, fiat digital asset sort of on off ramp is is that the main service that that you that you get inquiries and that's what people are looking for? Would you say? Yeah, and I mean, I think 
I, I'd break it down into to three three components in terms of um, what 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 those providers are, are looking for. So so first of all, there's the there's the, the solution and the, and the technology that, that underpins that. So um, on off ramps um, are required to, to 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 bring monetary value into the into the the crypto ecosystem. Mm-hmm. Um, customer experience demands real-time execution because real-time execution is the, the central premise of a of a digital asset um and and these these platforms are looking for a banking provider that will enable the digital fiat experience to replicate that that real-time execution um clear bank with a you know we're we're the leading provider of, of fiat support to, to digital asset players and we we know that our, our technology enables the the real time customer experience that deal uh, the digital assets um, digital asset providers are, are looking to to provide. Okay. So there's there's one there's there's the, the on off ramps, but yep. but I'd also argue that there are two other components, and one of which is is reliability. Um, a banking partner that's committed to the digital asset space. Um, we know that a lot of traditional banks have, have a um, uh, I guess a, an unreliable or ever evolving um, appetite when it when it comes to crypto clear bank we, we have a demonstrable commitment to the space to servicing the the best most regulated the secure compliant actors and we've built up processes and, and, and risk assessments to cater specifically to the nuances of, of the sector and, and we fully recognize that reliability is a is a fundamental component of a of a relationship mm-hmm. and the third the third piece that I think um, digital asset providers look for um, from a banking provider is, is innovation, and um, you know we've we've seen the, the scale of investment um, in in the US when it comes to the stablecoin market. Look at the Tether, USDC, and there is you know we we at ClearBank have, have, have seen client demand for a similar solution in the UK to, to further reduce friction in the in the ecosystem. And, and it is our belief that we will we will see a, a stable coin, a sterling stable coin launched um, at, at some point in the next 12 to 18 months. We think on, on the euro side with the, the negative negative rate environment, we, we see that as being um, more more challenging. But but looking at the, the sterling yield curve, we, we do we do expect that there will be a, um, a sterling stable coin launched at, at some point over the next 12 to 18 months. And we're yeah. clear bank we're, we're having product exploration in that space we'll you know we we um you know we, we're Lime, we're not, not going to see a clear coin are we well we, we 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 don't we don't <laughs> <laughs> we, we're as i say we're yeah we're we're looking at it and um and, and i think that that innovation um on top of the you know a reliable banking provider who provides the fundamental service that a digital asset provider is looking for i.e the on off rails in, in real time i think I'd, I'd say those are the the three key components that um the the, the, the clear bank can provide and, and and the digital asset providers look for okay and 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 what do you think because i i, I know this is a genuine problem and we probably get uh, a couple of um we probably get a couple of companies individuals contacts at least once a week here at team blockchain saying where do where do i go to find a bank um, I'm in the process of getting regulated or I'm 
Um, you know, I've got a business that it's not in the regulated sector per se, but I want to create a, a token or maybe, you know, at the moment everyone's banging on about NFTs, but that's a different story. But, but what do you think might limit other banks, not, not Clear Bank here, but what do you think other banks are being limited, you know, to offer services? Because it is frightfully difficult to to actually find a, a bank, isn't, isn't it? it? It is. And, and I think, um, yeah. If, what are the banks scared of, do you think, Andrew? I think... Um, that's a, that's a it's a great question. I think you've, you've is it just the unknown? On the head. I think there's a degree of that. It, it's new technology. It, it's um, it, it's it's unknown. There are obviously um, you know, we talk about digital assets, but that's such a such a, a Huge, broad yeah. term. And and there's um, there's a range of different actors and, and and players within within that space, which you know we've 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 all read scare stories. We've all we've all um seen headlines over the, the the last six nine months um mm. in terms of some um bad actors in, in the space and i think that that's part of it um you know for us as, a, as an institution we we think that um the, the providers that go down the the regulated status um first of all we we believe that it's it's a it's a smart move um because it it it, it ensures that um it you know the, the public can assess for themselves that the control mechanisms within each each firm are are, are market leading and are, and are up to scratch so there's a you know there's a there's a perception issue which is addressed there um there should be you know reduction in fraudulent activity on on, on the back of that and it also then opens that regulated firm to participating in the in the mainstream financial system via right. via a banking provider, yeah. so so we we think there are uh, you know I'm conscious that that the um, a lot of the, the founding ethos is of 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 decentralized um, blockchain technology was um, was you know it, it, they weren't looking to be embraced by the traditional institutions <laughs> and clearing houses and banks and payment systems right, right. let's be honest right that, that's it but but there is there is a, a need um for the for the ecosystem to thrive yeah. for for, yeah. for for value to enter it and yeah. banks have, you know banks have the have the keys to that and, and regulation is is a is, is a step to to enable um those those players to to to, to basically choose the best in the business when it comes to, to the fiat on off ramps which is right. which is where clearbank comes into the picture uh, and, and andrew and i'm genuinely i'm not just saying this but the reason i thought it was so good and important for listeners to, um for to actually hear you know a clearing bank from the uk such as clearbank come onto the show and write the article and the essence of of, of i think the most important thing is 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 the word you use or, or, the, or the phrase you use the need for collaboration and and as you correctly said, the, the the originally a lot of the digital assets, the, the crypto stuff, it was seen very much the way post two thousand and eight to kind of get around the rules, the regulations. We don't need intermediaries, we don't need banks, we don't need clearing houses and exchanges. We can go peer to peer. But here we are, sort of six seven years on, and those very institutions that were meant to be being bypassed have now said, "Hey, hang on." the technology of blockchain and the digital assets they can create, they've got a real place. Um, but rather than go and reinvent the wheel, 
why not collaborate and work with some of the people that are using the technology? And, and that, that seems to me to make a huge amount of sense. You know, use some of the, you know, the, the traditional systems, they're not all bad and they'd be evolved. You know, the Bank of England is, you know, one of the oldest central banks over 300 years. Well, some of the rules and regulations and things they do just makes common sense. There's no point in trying to try and reinvent the rules. You might as well try and take some of the best bits. And likewise, the technology, let's use some of those bits and make it fit for purpose in a more sort of digitized environment that we live in. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I think um, I, I couldn't agree more. I think that the, the collaboration is, is key to, to, help, to help educate um, to 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 educate regulators to a certain extent to educate the the public to ensure that the um, the end users are are, are making wise um, decisions when it comes to, to to choosing to invest in in digital assets and and to and, and to 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 put in place a you know a system that that enables. Um, all of us ultimately to benefit from the from the the innovation and the, and the technology that that is in the the blockchain space. Brilliant, brilliant, James. As an ex Wall Street expert, you know you're a techie on Wall Street for a number of years, so you dealt with a few bankers in your life. Um, any initial thoughts or ideas spring to mind before we close out this week's show? Well, you know the only thing I was thinking about earlier, Andrew was talking about the stablecoin, and it dawned on me I'm just a damn Yankee. Right from New York, <laughs> I've always wondered. In the back of my head, how do you get adoption? Let's say in London, when everything is tether, 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 USDC. Um, the regular Joe, the average guy in London, is he trying to convert, say, the British pound to the dollar, to the Bitcoin? to know how much he made like there, there's a learning curve for the regular people yeah it's true i i wonder if that's actually a speed bump in adoption over there well presumably andrew that's why you know you're looking at the possibility of having a sort of a, a, a sterling equivalent of a, of a of a stable coin hopefully something's a bit more transparent than tether and usdc which actually are full of other things apart from just good old uncle sam greenbacks yeah yeah absolutely and i think the yeah the we're, we're exploring it and and i think one of the um one of the the, the concerns that, that i'm sure many share with with the, the examples you've just cited is is the lack of transparency and 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 um right of recourse and and um yeah, yeah we're, we're very conscious of that and and yeah to, to your point, Johnny, that that's exactly why we're right. we're, we're exploring it. But 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 to, be, but to be fair, let, let's just you know to be, you know not we're not here to give any company you know to to you know to big them up or to try and pull them down. To be fair to both um, Tether and USDC, they they have um, now actually sort of you know making making a lot more um, transparent. People are now aware of the assets that they hold in terms of you know they are being held more accountable. So you know if you're invested in those things, there's no reason why you shouldn't know where they are invested and that's become a lot more apparent even in the last six months so it's i think people in the past thought it was 100 backed by us dollars in a bank somewhere but they have actually said well no it's, it's dollar backed assets um but uh, but there you go all right james well um to andrew thank you ever so much if if people would like to get hold of um yourself or clear bank what what's the i know in the article we've got a link to obviously the clear bank website but is 
How's the best way to get hold of you or ClearBank? Is it just go on the website or contact you on LinkedIn? How's the best way to get about you? Yeah, I think for, for, for ClearBank, yeah, absolutely. Just just please follow the, the link to the website. Um, and otherwise, yes, I'm, I'm on LinkedIn. So I'm happy to, to connect via that channel. Super. Brilliant. Well, thank you coming on. And um, we're going to try and get you to come back on the show. A bit of an update maybe in a few months' time because um, it'd be uh, fascinating to hear more about as your plans evolve in the public space um, on, on the clear coin or, or whatever it's going to be called, or maybe it's just providing the infrastructure for, for one of your many clients. James, that, that's the end of this week's show. Thanks again for getting it all organised. Um, and um, you doing anything interesting this weekend? Not buying another new car, I hope. No more new cars, no more. <laughs> I have not been to a gas station. Uh, a friend I'll of mine the other day was like, off. so how much is yes, gas? you got your electric motor. Right. You're like, how much is gas? And I went, <laughs> you know? You're talking about Ethereum transaction costs now? Or yeah, right. Petrol? That's that's my, that's the only gas fee issues <laughs> that I have today. Oh, and I'm brilliant. trying to avoid those as well. <laughs> okay. Well, look, thank you very much again for this week. We'll be back on the air next week. And thank you all for listening in to us. Um, if you've got any queries, questions, or want to get a hold of a copy of um, the Digital Bytes um, weekly analysis, then just go on to cyber.fm um, and there's some links on there or you're very welcome to contact me on LinkedIn, uh, Johnny, J-O-N-N-Y, Fry, F-R-Y, it's a nice and easy. And um, we'll be back on the way to you next week, won't we, James? Sounds like a plan. Okay, all the best. And thank you once again, Andrew. Cheers. Thanks, everyone.